It's time for another installment of the Holistic Happy Hour with Devoya and Jason. The Holistic Happy Hour is dedicated to addressing the health and mental wellness of underserved communities of color. Join hosts Devoya and Jason as they quiz, question, and converse with cultural brokers, complementary healers, and other wellness providers and community folks. This week's episode, we continue our conversation with Christina Alejo. We talk about donuts, lists, fun songs, and ways to wind down when you're feeling stressed out. But first, a short break. Welcome back. What do you say we step into the lounge? And if I may, it's such heart work, heart work that it's hard for even the brokers to kind of wrap their mind around like you're gonna pay me to go help people in the way that i think i should help people and i remember us having lots of late night conversations miss devoya where um you know devoya would say well i'm gonna work until this time and then i'm gonna go do this event and i'd be like Devoya, that's work. And she's like, how is it work? You know, explain it to me. And I'm like, your heart is drawn towards helping people. All of these things that you're very naturally putting together because it feels right to you, it's healing. You're doing it because it's healing and it's needed. And that's exactly what the center's about. So Devoya was a cultural broker and she didn't even know it. In disguise. (laughs) That was Miss Compartmentalized things. But I think a lot of people do. So my brain would not allow me um, to understand, you know, that a poetry event at that point, um, you know, would equate to having anything to do with healing folks. But it does, clearly. Mm-hmm. That's why we write oftentimes. So it did take, I know you want to say how long it took me to trust in the process. It was, it was a while. It took a little while. She still doesn't trust me, Jason. Every now and then she'll be like, can I put this out there? I'm like, yes, of course. What do you always say? My favorite Devoyaism is uh, what popular opinion or unpopular opinion Monday or unpopular opinion Wednesday. Anytime she has something that's just a little, a little spicy. <laughs> everybody your unpopular opinions <laughs> yeah it's not yeah it's, it's not kosher but you know what that what that speaks to and and way and i have a very good relationship and i can say that i have that with the brokers is i'm not someone who directs i think top down i think we all share what our true feelings are about all of the different activities that we're doing and i encourage the brokers to have that kind of relationship too with the participants in their activities and talk to them about, you know, is this working for you? Is this not working for you? Do you want something different? You know, and if it needs to be different, how do we change it? How do we make it better? Why did you stop coming to this activity? You know, do we need to change the time? Is there, you know, has it grown boring? Is there something else that's piquing your interest now? And so I always tell Devoya and the other brokers, think about what you need, right? Think about what you need. Other people probably need that too. Create an event that you would go to. Don't make something that looks good on paper that seems boring and you wouldn't attend, right? 
because really the the whole intent behind creating the various activities and i think we have upwards of of 100 different um, types of activities that we can do my thinking is it's not per se about the crochet class or the poetry class or the art class or the dance class really what you're doing is you're putting something out there that's attractive to folks that gets them in the space and when you can get people together and get people talking that's what creates the support yeah right. the community grassroots all yeah. of that too and yeah. and i think you said the perfect thing also i've never i've only ever done things because of that perfect reason if i feel like i'm missing something it actually used to bother me when i was younger like oh, now i gotta do it because sometimes you just want to be a part of the thing that you're missing but i think artists often and and you can speak to this as well jason um i think oftentimes we recognize okay we do have a, a better cachet of folks that we can get together to get this thing done that seems really difficult to others that part is the easy part for black and brown communities, I think the difficult part is we have to use different, we don't have to, but but it, I find I need to use different language. You know, I, I don't feel comfortable just saying, even on my, even for myself, it took a while working there because I was working through my own things. Um, I can't, I can't really um, get the type of support I need if I'm just saying, this is going to help your mental health, well, why do you think I have mental health problems? You know, it has to be a softer approach, um, yeah, a very absolutely. dedicated approach. And I think, I, I just really felt certain that a lot of the work I've, I've wanted to do my whole life was, co was called different things, but it was mental health. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know, per, like speaking personally, when when I was like officially <laughs> in heavy quotations, right, because we always really know. But um, when I was officially uh, a year ago diagnosed with mental illness, um, um, that was one of the first questions that my physician had asked me was, um, what makes you happy? What do you do that brings you joy? Right. And I, I was like, listen to music. You know, that's like, and at that point in time, I know for at least three years, I never went anywhere without my headphones, nowhere. Even if there was music in the live venue, I still had my headphones in because that was my, you know, my lioness security blanket. You get to, yeah, you get to curate that. It's not someone mm -hmm. else's. I get it. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. a perfect, that's a perfect example because that would be a conversation that we could have with participants. What makes you happy? What, what would you like to see at the center? You said music, right? Mm -hmm. I can tell you one of the activities that we created a number of years ago was a sort of a therapeutic karaoke class. And oh so this goodness, was with a group amazing. of this was with a group of Spanish speakers um, who wanted to get together and do karaoke. And I said, okay, but we've got to have a mental health element to it. So how do we do that? And so people would sit around a U-shaped table facing one another. We had the karaoke equipment. And so we would say, okay, you can either choose a song or you can sing a song. The song can just be played for you. But the mental health element is tell us how you connect with the music. Mm -hmm. And so people talk about everything, you know, um, breakups, uh, losses, joys. I mean, and it's just a way that once people start opening up and being vulnerable, they start connecting to other people. Yeah, absolutely. Does that sound familiar, Devoya? <laughs> 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 yeah, 
maybe like a theme song that folks probably have for themselves when they feel better or that gets them up in the morning or mm -hmm. yeah I, I, I resonate with that a little bit yeah Good. so I love that do you have a theme song or since we're talking about music as in a therapeutic um you know atmosphere is there something is there some sound or band or song that is your like in your internal um you you got this i can do this i can do it i do i like the walking on the walking on sunshine peppy song <laughs> you know that you can't help but be happy when you listen to that right yes that you 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 you'll tap your toe at least or your hand or your fingers if not get up and just dance all around like your life depended on it yeah that is a great happy song <laughs> motivational well, song <laughs> well i've got to ask you now what is your what is your theme song oh i'm the interviewer today i'm sorry that's okay <laughs> this can be this can be we're, we're, um yeah. a broker relationship here <laughs> it's, it's, the, the, the whole thing with the podcast is it's it's a casual conversation right you know we so, get right the, the, we can do some business, but we can also have, you know, this, these are, these are our libations. <laughs> we, can, we can all trade off, right? In that case, I want to be generous and ask you then, Jason, I would like to ask both of you. We've got Walking on Sunshine. I forgot that. What's that girl's name? Uh, Katrina and the Waves. Katrina and the Waves. The Waves. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's yours, Jason? Let's see what yours is. Oh my gosh, I don't know. It changes. It changes so much. Uh, um, uh, 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 oh my goodness. Uh, I, I, it, it changes so much, but, but, but um, I, I, have, I have a very short attention span, you know, ADD and all. So I, uh, um, a, a good example would be uh, yesterday, um, uh, you had mentioned that you were watching Andy Griffith show. And so tell people <laughs> you know how i am it's very soothing i like it you can't tell me but but yeah. so today i caught myself whistling the andrew oh. griffin show theme which is a very motivational happy song right which made me think of you which oh. always makes me happy okay my friend Full circle, full circle. <laughs> All my secrets. <laughs> right. Um, I have a yours. few songs. I, I know yours. I, I have a few songs. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I'm as vulnerable today as to share what what um, it might be. But I will say this. When I'm not happy and when I mess up, I hear the tuba. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and then I'm like, Wow, yo, I got to get it together. That was a, a huge L. Um, whenever I make a joke yeah. in my head, do you do that? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's why I'm always funny. I'm always funny. And if everybody doesn't think I'm funny, I say, I say, yeah, y'all can't be winners. Crash, so you were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or I would say, um, I will say, um, if I'm like in a crowd of people and it, my joke really bombs. I'll be like, hey, dad jokes all day long, right here. <laughs> Usually say, um, uh, loser, party one. If I, you know? <laughs> See how I segued out of there, Christina? You like that? I saw that. I saw that. Saw that. 
You want to talk a little bit about some of the folks that are involved in the work? And um, normally, I'm, I'm anti-identifying people by their ethnicity. But in this case, it really is, um, it's part of the story. I often feel conflicted when I'm with folks that say, oh, you know, this Black guy I saw yesterday parked sideways at the grocery store. What does... You want to talk about someone parking sideways? Tell me about the person parking sideways. Why do we always have to have um, that indicator? And when people use that indicator too much, I get, I have so many different things that tell me who people are in my personal opinion. But yeah. context of work and what we do, it's actually very important because people feel comfortable when they know there's that they won't be othered in enough space. If they, there, there will be someone there that will speak their language or be of the same gender or non-judgmental. Um, would you like to speak a little bit about what the staff makeup looks like and why? Looks like and why? Absolutely. So uh, we have, so if you look at our contract, there are at least 12 different underserved groups that are indicated as folks that are our quote unquote target communities, right? And you know, so they are people that perhaps are limited English speakers. So we have cultural brokers who speak Spanish, um, Kamai, Lao. Um, right now we have a vacancy for Punjabi community, but that's also one of the groups that we look to serve. Uh, we also have cultural brokers who are African-American. Um, we also serve LGBT. We work with veterans, uh, Kamai veterans, Hmong veterans. Um, but um, normally VA services are available, but this has a cultural element to it. Um, also, we work with um, first-time mothers or new moms because we know that they can be at greater risk for postpartum depression. Um, so anybody who is considered someone who might have difficulty accessing services or tend to be underserved. And so Devoya will attest to this that Every year, you know, when we look at our budget, I always set a little money aside for artwork and different things that um, help people make the space their own. So that, you know, if you walk into, um, you know, the office that's shared by our Lao cultural broker and our Cambodian cultural broker, they each decorate their uh, work areas with elements that are culturally relevant, with art that's culturally relevant, so that when people come in and sit in the chair that's next to their desk and get support, they feel like a little piece of home. And um, the only unfortunate thing is that we only tend to have one of each uh, cultural representative and that can make the work a little bit lonely um, because there's a lot of community needs. So my goal is to grow the program so that we are able to have teams of folks that are working together. Um, I, one really beautiful element is this cross-cultural workshop aspect that we have as part of the program. And that's where people get to teach others about their own cultural practices and things that are important to them. Can I, can I add to that as well? Of course, of course. So the cross-cultural workshop personally for me is, is one of my favorite, but it's also one of the hardest for me as well because I've always just, like I said at the beginning, I've always been a cultural broker and didn't recognize that. So for me, watching folks explain different things of who they were, I under, I got it, I loved it. 
And then I realized my first few years in there, when I would do the cross-cultural workshop, so many folks didn't know anything about um, mm -hmm. black, black folks at all. And because I'm an empath, that would hurt my feelings. Like, I can't believe that we're an educated group of folks and I'm familiar with these things, not just in abstract, but having taken part in most of this, these things. And there were so few people that had any point of reference and it, it did feel very lonely. But fast forward to this strange year where so many things that I've said in the past or that others have said in the past or have experienced come to light and people, um, those conversations I've had in the past, I see popping up all over the place. And I could, I could be salty. I could be, well, you had a chance. I tried to tell you about Juneteenth. Oh, well. <laughs> it's more of, okay, maybe I met you when you weren't ready. Um, I'm not ready right now, but I'm willing to um, try again. And, that's, and it's, that's been very nice. Trying again and allowing folks to have um, access to things that they didn't previously um, understand um, it, it's very rewarding. So it's a really good place to work at because of those sorts of things and those opportunities come up often, right? Yes. Thank you, Devoya. You're welcome. Um, so when I pitched this idea about the show, you said yes. Um, and for uh, anyone out there that's listening, I don't even think Jason knows this. You came up with the name. Um, can you can you maybe share what prompted your enthusiasm? Because the moment I brought it up, I didn't even have to sell you on the idea that a podcast would be something that would benefit all of our communities and the center, but that would be a release for me too, because I feel like I've not been on my A-game this year. I don't think many of us have been on our A-game this year, but what, were, what was that enthusiasm? Where'd that come from? Can you share with us? Well, one is you make my job very easy. So you're a very uh, thoughtful broker. So I know by the time you bring something to me, it's already it's already very thought out. And um, you've already got an idea of how you run to roll it out. And my job is really just to make sure that there's a mental health element to it, to make sure that it fits within the guidelines of our contract, that sort of thing. But any idea that you bring to me, I'm going to be very enthusiastic about it. And my <laughs> and my and my personal my personal way of working is that I think that if people are interested, have a personal interest in the activities that they're putting forth to community, they're going to do it from a, a really wonderful place. And you seemed excited about it, which made me excited about it. Um, the second part of that is that you know I I love to name things, and so immediately when you mentioned it, I'm like oh. It can be the holistic happy hour. Instantly. Instantly. And because we were talking after five, um, as we frequently do, Du Bois said, well, are you concerned about uh, the association with libations? And so inside of me, I was like, ooh, 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 I know the tagline, <laughs> right? I know the tagline, the libation for your soul, right? And the excitement right. is because because of the um, knowledge that I have in, in psychology and the link between mental health and alcohol and how people frequently use that as a self-soothing mechanism and thinking like 
this can be an alternative to that. This can be a different type of happy hour with a different type of libation. Look at that. That's amazing. Better if I And I know that that's the volunteer mechanism too, whereas we, you know, folks do that. Um, so if I'm not feeling particularly good, I will give myself that 24 hours. Okay, you get 24 hours to just do whatever. I guess it's to watch the Andy Griffith show and maybe land. <laughs> I will never not watch it uh, to feel better. It really is, it's funny to me. Um, but you know, I have little personal tricks that I do to make myself feel better. Plants are really helping right now, um, especially for those of us that live alone, um, taking care of something outside of our own person. As I've mentioned to you, I'm a little tired of the Devoya show. I find her interesting, <laughs> but I don't, I don't want to watch 24 seven. I want to turn to a different channel. Um, what are some ways in which you think um, are healthy, especially right now for folks in order just to address their mental wellness on an everyday uh, basis and not necessarily have to, you know, seek drastic alternative methods um, towards healing. I think the way you start your day has a lot to do with how your day will go. Uh, so how you spend those first five minutes of your day um, is very important. I lately have been watching this little four minute video that gets me all jazzed up about the intention for my day. And I put first things first, um, you know, that's a good thing to do. So making yourself, even if it's just a little mental checklist of like, these are the two or three things that I want to get done today can give you a sense of accomplishment, but it's more uh, what you're talking about, Devoya, is just being mindful and being aware of what does, you know, like what you mentioned, Jason, what does make me feel good? What does make me happy? How am I feeling right now? I think a lot of times in our busyness, we don't stop to ask ourselves how we're feeling. We ask other people, hey, how are you doing, right? And I think we're really good about providing support to other people, but we don't often stop to ask ourselves, how am I doing? And yeah. what do I need? And when we get that answer, you know, do we then treat ourselves with the same compassion that we would that friend, right? right? We tend to be harder on ourselves. So just giving ourselves that, the, the space to reflect and then the space to um, treat ourselves with kindness and allow ourselves the time and space to participate in those things that do bring us joy. Right. And to have great um, awareness or the self-awareness to know what you like, to know what brings you joy. Some people don't even have that, which is, difficult to maneuver but you can get there um i'm a big proponent of especially young people little people um i always like to you know ask them the different things that they like so that they can be more self-aware and grow up to be people who then um, articulate how they feel because you can ask adults what makes them happy and not get an answer sometimes yeah, a lot of people don't know. And so it is it is really important to, to, you know, to set the intention for your day and even decide early in the day, how do I want my day to go, right? right? To make a determination, you know, this is going to be a great day. I'm going to make it a great day. What do I need to have happen to, to, to have it be that? You know, I can handle every situation, you mm -hmm. know, and then if something goes your way, you know, take the time to celebrate it. And if it doesn't, 
it can be, you know, you don't have to like kick yourself and get down on yourself, but you say, okay, what could I have done differently? And you take it as a learning opportunity. As long as you're failing, like what they say, failing forward, you mm -hmm. know, you're learning and growing. You can be a little bit better every day, right? Yes. Yeah. You had a comment, Jason. I know you do some ritualistic sort of things. And I know <laughs> um, that also, um, I, I, I do a lot. I do a lot. I do a lot because it's very easy for me to get off track. Like I said, I'm squirrel guy. So, um, so what I do is I make a lot of lists. <laughs> I have a lot of lists too. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I, um, I'm a big, you know, fan of post-it notes too. So I always like, look you know ah! <laughs> yeah, so you know but i always you know like you know create mend breathe water you know like i always and and, and i and i and i have i showed the voya my system but i have like my bulletin board and then i have my workspace and my post-it notes uh i have a way that i rotate them as far as like to do working and then of course when they're done they're in the trash but these my little um my little um uh you have a I, system i like to say my hippie dippy my hippie dippy thing is that like you know like i have i have reflect honesty create you know like i have all of these things that will never be done so they stay there but they stay as post-it notes so that it grabs my attention <laughs> that's wonderful so you're 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 manifesting right you're keeping your eyes More on life. what you want for More your life, life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And 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 I'm and I'm I'm finding that it's uh, uh, if if you uh, in in theme with the lists, if I make a list of uh, three to four things, maybe five things, maybe ten things, maybe two things, uh, like you said, if I get one or two things done off of a list, feel good. Then then I need to celebrate. Then I need to reward myself. Yeah. yeah. And not feel like I didn't get the other things done. But yeah, yeah. that's that's something that I've learned. Uh, as I've grown older, it's not anything that like if you would have told Jason a while ago, he would have been nuts. But now Same. I like I said, I try to manifest. I try to manifest like like positivity and just and 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 focus. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. I think all three of us have lists in common. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yes, I'm crossing it out. I don't know if you're a cross out or a check, Christina, but I love the act of crossing it out. I have a, a color-coded system right now. So, uh, yes, I have a, a color-coded system. So, yeah, I like, I like, well, for example, right now I am going to do, so we're issuing uh, stipends to some of our participants and they're by categories. So we have food stipends, gas stipends. So I have them color-coded. And I have those that are approved with thick lines and those that have been allocated but pending with thin lines. Oh yeah, I've got a whole system going. Yeah. That is amazing. On that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's like that's like uh, uh that's like Excel. <laughs> I love Excel. I'm not an Excel person. Yeah. I know yeah. the 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 um the uh, a lot of the software that I use to to do the music and, and whatnot. Uh, um, it, it, it has those color coded, like you can color code everything so that you can. Well, and it, 
Yeah, and it depends if you're a visual person, right? If you're a visual mm -hmm. learner. And it also gives us a sense of control, right? To be able to write yeah. things down, cross yeah. things off. It helps concretize it. Yeah. yeah. I'm very much a colorful per piece of paper and a particular pen. Like I'll remember, oh, I wrote that. Remember? Because we need the phone number for Fresno Unified. I remember I wrote it on a yellow piece of paper. We were sitting there and I had a purple pen, but I can't find that yellow. But I know when I see a yellow piece of paper, I always grab it like, oh, is that that phone number? It hasn't been. <laughs> I still haven't found it, but we're going to get in. We'll get in. It, yeah, it makes yeah, it yeah. easy for me to find notes from Devoya as well, because, you know, among my yellow pads, I'll have this purple paper with uh, clouds <laughs> on it or she'll give Before it to me like in a, in, a, in a donut folder or something among my <laughs> manila folders. With stickers. Because I remember the donut folder, that's all my monthly reports are in the donut folder. Yeah, with stickers, a bookmark, and a playlist. Yeah. I mean... She's how, good like that. She is good I like that. I to donut because I did a good job. <laughs> I love it. Now I want donuts. <laughs> so, as we're winding down, um, I wanted to ask you, in particularly, um, What's something, since we're talking about a libation for your soul, um, what are some things that you think will need to provide community to soothe their soul um, once we physically get to be back in our space, which we don't know when that will be. And in the interim, we do have quite a vast array of workshops and programming that are available for folks for free on all of our platforms. They can find us on Facebook, um, YouTube, um, we'll also have this podcast um, available soon also. Um, so we're still able to provide all of these things for folks. But I really feel certain that once we do return, we're going to have a different clientele because we're all feeling it in real time and there are no concrete answers. What are some things? Because we're going to need to be able to help folks soothe their soul. Um, what are some things you think we might be able to like practice now so that we can be ready for that? I think, I think we are doing that now. So part of it is talking about our own hurts and fears. And I think that the community is gonna need a space to do that too. Uh, not just the, and I, when I say just, I mean our regular participants, but I think that like our healthcare professionals right now are really going through a hard time um, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, post-traumatic stress related to uh, treating so many folks uh, with COVID. I think that um, there, we're going to need to do a lot more around grief and loss and fear and the trauma that's been uh, brought forth by the pandemic. Um, right. So I think we are going to need to uh, shift our work to a lot more um, about how to deal with grief, how to let go, how to uh, get adjusted to this new normal because we will be grieving a life that we will no longer know. Right, right. And compassion fatigue also. I've already noticed it. You know, I have a, a, a women's support group through work um, and I enjoy our weekly um, meetups, but I'm, they're all people that are care providers in different sense of the word. And I don't know if they recognize it, but we're always trying to do some emotional support. Um, but I'm just sensing a little bit of compassion fatigue from participants. Yes. And I, I often feel it myself, but you can take a break. But if 
if you're not aware that that's what it is, I, I, I think it left unchecked, it could, it could turn into, you know, depression and, you know. Absolutely. Things of that Absolutely. nature. Absolutely. We know that any sustained stress for an extended period of time uh, can lead to depression. Right. And so I know that we see some of that compassion fatigue among our cultural brokers. You know, for a while there, we were meeting every day and it, it gets to be so, um, it's not that the act of listening uh, is creating compassion fatigue. It's the sense that there's so much need and there's only so much that you can do. So right. sometimes it's that feeling of helplessness when uh, you're aware that, you know, the pandemic and, and the stress that it's creating is also increasing domestic violence, you know, and you may have, you know, someone who's in a situation who um, maybe um, does not have the proper documentation and because of that is afraid to seek support. So then what do you do in your role? You right. may have somebody, you know, all of these uh, situations that we were seeing prior to the pandemic um, are being exacerbated by the stress of the pandemic. And so it makes us as helpers um, feel a little bit like I wish there was more that I could do. So that sense of helplessness on top of the, the compassion fatigue. Right. So if I were going to interview some cultural brokers, first of all, what do you think about this idea? I have some folks in mind for particular topics, but today we had um, an advisory council meeting. So we're talking to folks that are from the county of Fresno. And it did occur to me that some of those folks might be good candidates. Um, but because you're the director and I respect you and I appreciate um, all of the um, other things you make available to community, especially things that are outside of your purview, I'm sure this is something that's probably a little different, but you understand the necessity. Are there things that you think we would, um, we would be remiss if we did not share with listeners and make available to folks because I want to make this as inclusive and informative and I, I think I speak for Jason as well. We want to make people feel better and not alone. Um, I don't know if, if you have a different take on that, Jason. What are some of the goals that you have for this as well? Um, that's you you nailed it i just i'll just be saying more kind of like what everybody else is saying i think it's it's you know in 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 the in the in kind of like the 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 um the same way that you guys are 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 speaking to you know what you do as, as cultural brokers i mm -hmm. feel that that is uh, uh, this will be an extension of that and that's what i'm excited about and that's what i'm, I'm about cre creating a community and and sharing with people that especially locally where you're at you know and perhaps we can look into like maybe um other uh states that have similar um, um projects as well um but creating but but ultimately an extension of, uh, of being a broker to what you guys are doing and having something that people can 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 um or connect with connect with and feel that they're part of community because they are right right that's wonderful and I Okay, I need to like it's a very zen step thing. away. <laughs> and I want to. I like them, but I've not seen a lot. <laughs> Christina, thank you so much for joining us um, for this inaugural episode. Um, thank you we so much, Christina. Um, it is our uh, desire to to um, record these, um, hopefully all this month, then edit them and have them um, parceled out throughout the summer 
and the early fall. And if um, they meet with your um, needs and the center's needs, perhaps it will be an ongoing series. Um, but I like the idea of utilizing this first chunk of time to get to know the people that we, um, that help provide these services to community. So folks can really understand that we are, not only do we curate the space, but we vet the people that provide the services that are outside the scope of, of our cultural brokers, because we do partner with folks in the community as well. And then the second part of that is, I do think it's important that we offer some um, information to folks that are outside of the state of California. And so all of the national resources that we have available to us, um, we can share those also. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Any last words? Yeah, thank you so much. We are in a difficult, difficult time right now. And I think that the only way that we are going to not just get through this, but come out the other end uh, thriving and better is by doing it together and being united in our move forward. And so doing this type of thing, supporting one another, creating vehicles for greater understanding, greater access to information, I think can do nothing but help. So thank you both. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> you have a good night. What is, what, what is the voyage to say? Toodles. <laughs> <laughs> All your secrets, Devoya. Well, he's known me a long time. Yeah, I've been friends yeah. for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Thank you so much for making this so enjoyable. Good, good. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Happy Hour. We'll see you next time with part two. Ah, it's time for another installment of the Holistic Happy Hour with Devoya and Jason. The Holistic Happy Hour is dedicated to addressing the health and mental wellness of underserved communities of color. Join hosts Devoya and Jason as they quiz, question, and converse with cultural brokers, complementary healers, and other wellness providers and community folks. Today's episode is part one in a two-part interview with Christina Alejo. But first, just a short break. Welcome back. Let's step into the lounge. So welcome to the Holistic um, Happy Hour, a libation for your soul. Christina, are you familiar with the term libation? I am. And I, a libation for your soul, what would you think that would look like? Oh my goodness, a libation for your soul. When I think about um, the way people might use a libation, you know, they use it to relax. They might use it to uh, get away from their troubles. As I think of a libation for your soul, I'm thinking of something that could do that for you, an activity, uh, something like this podcast. Uh, with or without the alcohol. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. And, um, you know, I'm a word file and libation is one of my favorite terms, but it really is a salve. I mean, it might come in the um, context of a liquid, but it's a salve for your soul. And I think um, tonight I would really like to 
offer some information about the different things that we can use as a SAV. And I really feel like the Holistic Center um, provides a lot of those things. So that is why you're here. Um, but before we get into all that, I think it'd be great to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Do you want to know about me personally or professionally? You know, it's so vast and such an enjoyable topic. I'm going to let you maybe do a little bit of both so people get like the full breadth of Christina Alejo. Sure, like sure. All the above a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, so personally, I grew up on the west side of Fresno County on a farm with lots of siblings and lots of uh, pets as well. I come from an immigrant community, immigrant parents with a third and fifth grade education, but who really uh, taught us a lot about respect for people and a lot about the value of hard work. Um, professionally, my background is in mental health research, primarily in research dis um, mental health disparities in communities of color, uh, particularly Latino community. And then I focused more on uh, making sure that programs, the development of programs are culturally and linguistically sensitive, um, meaning that you can't just take a program that's created for one community and automatically assume that it'll work for a different community. So it's about that adaptation and then also program evaluation. Because there's not really a one size fits all, which we've seen in the past not work. And so this is just a progression of that, correct? Yes. Um, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the Holistic Center and how uh, you became involved. You just mentioned your background. Maybe that has a little bit to do with it. It does. So um, do you want the long version or the short version? What version do we want tonight, Jason? I would like to hear the long version, actually. Okay. All right. Uh, and, and so I'll give you the brief. I'll start off uh, specific and then backtrack a little bit. Perfect. So the, <laughs> the Holistic Cultural and Education Wellness Center um, is a program of Fresno County Behavioral Health. So it is a mental wellness program. Um, it's operated by the Fresno Center, that's a local nonprofit in Fresno, and the funding from, comes from uh, the Mental Health Services Act, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a minute. So the way that I got involved was actually before the program ever existed. And so what I mean by that is back in 2001, um, a colleague and I decided we wanted to start a chapter of Mental Health America here in Fresno. And so uh, part of the work that we did, a lot of the work that we did was advocacy work around trying to identify a stream of money that could fund solely mental health. That was really important because uh, mental health used to be funded alongside other programs, which were much sexier. And, um, and so when times were tough and they were gonna cut programs, it was often mental health that got cut. And so Prop 63 grew out of that. It was passed in 2004, and that's what then became known as the Mental Health Services Act. And that's what currently funds the Holistic Center. So my work with the Holistic Center began through advocacy in trying to um, make sure that there were funding for mental health for programs such as these. And this particular program then grew out of a process that was mandated as part of this funding stream uh, so um, what, what Mental Health Services Act wanted to do was to make sure that it wasn't business as usual, that people had a say in the types of services that they felt were relevant for their mental health, 
And so they um, hired my colleague and I to do a series of stakeholder meetings here in uh, Fresno, again in Fresno County, so that people could have a say. And so the idea of the Holistic Center grew out of these stakeholder meetings along with other programs. Can you back up a little bit and tell um, the listeners a little bit more about the um, Mental Health Service Act? Because I'm sure those of us are of the voting age might remember who they taxed in order to, to achieve that funding and how that then gets divided um, amongst the different counties. Sure. So um, back in 2004, I believe it was Daryl Steinberg that was championing that. And it was Prop 63 was, uh, was a 1% tax on millionaires in California. And so this is a funding stream that is unique to California. Um, it's, it's statewide and then it gets allocated to the different counties. So every county has their own pot of MHSA dollars, which is Mental Health Services Act dollars. And then within that pot of money, there are different categories. So for example, there was a pot of money designated for what they called innovation, which is how we were funded. And that is so that we could try new and different things that weren't currently part of the mental health system. Uh, right now we're funded under a second pot of money called prevention early intervention. So this is our second round and that's, that's where we are right now. And then there's also money for like workforce education and development and other things. California is an amazing state. That's it is. And that's not a dig. I'm sorry, Jason. I just. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just thinking the same thing. Yeah, we have so many things available to us and I was mm -hmm. not even aware um, of this funding source prior to my arrival at the center. And I, I take great joy in saying um, that we are funded through, you know, that 1% tax. On that's incredible. That's incredible. I love it. It, it yeah. is. There, there is something like, and, and pardon me if I don't have the exact figures, but upwards of 300 programs that are funded through this 1% just in our county. So you can imagine how large wow. that is. Yeah. Right? And it kind of surprises most folks, especially um, because it's a nonprofit. People have a particular notion about how we're funded and whether or not it's a grant funded program, whether you have autonomy or you have um, some strict guidelines. And because our um, space is so flexible and it is, was in its first inception an innovative program, it throws off most folks and they kind of really don't buy the fact that we're able to do the work that, um, that we're called to do. Sorry, did you have a question? It's it's pretty magical. I don't know. I just <laughs> I've just been in awe. Like I, I've been so curious, and so I'm just please continue. <laughs> yeah, and it, it really is as as far as a participant goes. I, I think a lot of participants have that same um, response after mm -hmm. the initial. Are you sure this is free? <laughs> like if something's free. Sometimes we don't value it in the same way that we do if we have to pay for something. Especially, I will say on my end, this, I feel this is true, but especially for a lot of um, people of color, um, if there's something free, there's gotta be, you know, there's gotta be a, okay, then what? So that we're able to, to provide um, some of the work that Christine is gonna share with us. But, and that's great, but it's also our job to let folks know why it's available, how it became available, and that it's actually all legit. And we're not trying to pull the wool over anybody. Word. 
Yeah. yeah. And really the purpose of the center is really to uh, support individuals and families in trying to live a well-balanced life, whatever that means for them, mind, body, spirit. You know, we, we are whole human beings and oftentimes we're asked to, you know, go to one location for your physical health needs and a second location for your mental health needs and a different location to exercise and a separate location for, you know, every, every part of us is looked at as if we're segregated somehow and we're not, we're a whole person. And so it's nice to come into a space where you can, you know, come in and do a Zumba class, you know, uh, come in and do a cross-cultural workshop. Another day you can come into the healing garden and learn about the herbs um, that are in the garden and how you can use those for your wellness. And you walk into a space that visually, I wish we had a picture of the center. It's just a beautiful space. There's a, a very inclusive mural um, depicting Fresno County, people from all walks of life, all different um, ethnicities. So as soon as you walk into the space, the art, um, the mural, the surroundings tell you that you belong there. That's amazing. Let's, let's not forget that. Um, oftentimes um, we enter different spaces and we feel other. And so it was a very intentional process in putting this space together and curating the art and making sure that there was symbolism and um, quiet um, and a library. Um, would you speak to how all of those things came to fruition? I believe you started working there a year after its inception or two years? Two years after. So in 2012 was when it was initially funded and I immediately applied for the director position. I was so excited that this had happened right here. We had been advocating for something like this. You know, the community advocated for something like the Holistic Center. It then became a request for proposal on behalf of the county. This agency applied for it. And now it was there. And so I was first in line to be the director of this wonderful, magical place, right? Here I had been, my, my schooling had been in psychology. Um, I had then moved into applied psychology, which was the program development and looking at how do you create services that are culturally relevant. And now here was this opportunity, um, but I didn't get it. I didn't get it. So um, it was um, at that point, um, it was a promotion for someone that was already working at the agency. And interestingly enough, someone who sat on my interview committee said, you know, you did a great job. I'd love for you to come and work for me. And so he hired me as the director of his little nonprofit in the rural community. And we provided services for the Holistic Center as a satellite site. So I didn't know at the time that um, myself and one other person providing these services in the rural community, we were providing about a third of the services for the whole agency. And here back at the main site, you we had- director anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back at, back at the main site, I didn't realize that the director that was there at the time was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, you guys have real penetration into the community. And so she was there for a short duration, um, ended up uh, getting an opportunity of a lifetime for herself. Um, and she recruited me to then be the director of the center. And so I've been the director since 2014. Everything is very intentional. We are uh, charged with serving communities that normally are unserved and underserved. And we know that oftentimes those are communities that are marginalized. 
as well that experience additional barriers to care and that also um, may be at greater risk of experiencing mental health concerns and not know where to go. And so when we hire our, our folks that work at the center, we call them cultural brokers. We want people that are well-respected in their uh, respective communities, people that are knowledgeable about resources, people that have a heart uh, for community. And these folks come in and they serve as the go-between um, the people and the existing services and help to make those connections. Thus the term cultural broker, which for me really resonated with me when, when um, I don't ever remember hearing that term previously. And when I went to the interview, that's the term that you used. And I immediately thought, wow, I wish I had thought about that. I feel like I am a cultural broker just in my daily life. Um, and so that was the first draw, but then kind of just looking around, looking at the mural and thinking that style of art looks familiar and like looking for the signature and I'm like, oh, of course it's, it was um, um, Romero Martinez. Martinez. Um, and just recognizing that that garden, that garden actually was the, the final key for me. It, I, I will never forget it. It was rainy, which is my favorite. Um, it was a little cloudy. I was very somber because I, there, there was a, a passing and I sat in that garden and thought, I can do this. I have to grieve. I got to do what I need to do. And I don't know if you heard me say that. I don't recall saying it out loud, but you walked in and said, I want to offer you this. You can work from home while you grieve. Stay here. You let me stay in the garden and I thought okay this is where I this garden is actually where I spend most of the my time with the person that was in transition at the time and so all those elements made me think well if this person has that sort of trust in me you know no work done thus far then and I already feel tasked to work in communities of color it's all I've ever done actually um it was just a perfect storm for lack of a better word Thank you for listening to the Holistic Happy Hour. We'll see you next time with part two. Cheers.